Sup, you beautiful bastards. Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show. I got a fantastic one for you today. Friendly reminder before we get into it, if you want to snag something from our super secret drop over at beautifulbastard.com this week, go to the site and get what you want while you can because it's going to be done by Monday. With that said, buckle up, hit that like button, and let's just jump into it. Starting with this controversy and massive growing backlash against YouTuber and entrepreneur Mr. Beast, following him putting out a video where he donated 20,000 pairs of shoes to kids in South Africa. With Jimmy at one point in the video even saying these were their first ever pair of shoes. And while many people's reaction to this was, wow, stuff like this, it restores my faith in humanity. We're seeing good being done in the world. You also had a big growing group of people questioning the philanthropy behind all this, saying things like this isn't really charity, saying he's using needy people as props to make himself look like the good guy. Tweets going viral saying, let me know when y'all catch up and realize how weird this motherfucker is. But in general, those criticizing Mr. Beast and the content, right, they were talking about the, the nature and incentives of charity content. Right, with a number of those people arguing, there are plenty of wealthy people who do public acts of service, but quote, don't frame that work as weird voyeuristic stunts. And others adding, so weird that 20,000 children need to rely on a rich white man from the West to have their basic needs met and get their faces plastered on the internet so he can earn clout. But to that, you had others who support the content saying, no, he's making this content not only to inspire others to do the same, but also by making that content, he's able to foot the bill. With Mr. Beast even responding to one of his critics saying, no, hey, you probably just haven't seen this channel, but actually it is a charity and I obviously don't profit from it. 100% of all revenue from Beast Philanthropy goes towards running my food banks and helping ease human suffering. And since inception, I've personally put in millions into Beast Philanthropy. That's the whole point. Make content and around helping people to generate more money to help more people. Though with that, you still had people questioning Mr. Beast's intent, which is really a hard argument to have because you can never really see inside of someone's heart, inside of someone's soul. And there, you actually had critics going back to some of Mr. Beast's early charity content with him finding and posting clips like this. Most people get mad and say, this is a bad way to get views. Tell them like, you're okay with this. Are, are oh, you yeah. okay with it? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, best, YouTube. Best day of my life right here. Homeless people don't care if I use them for views. Though with that, you saw many people defending Mr. Beast saying, you know, this is over five years ago and arguing things like his understanding and sensitivity about the people featured in his content has likely evolved. And then finally, the argument at the very least, a net good was done. So that's the story and the central debate that we're seeing right now. And of course, with it, I'd love to know your thoughts in those comments down below. But as far as my take, it's very close to kind of the last time we talked about something similar around Mr. Beast. I understand and get why there is so much anger around the situation, but I, I don't think that it should be targeted towards Mr. Beast. Like he is the product and I think a net good in a completely fucked up system. A system or rather set of systems where 20,000 kids don't have the fucking most basic need. Except now they do, but only because a billionaire or soon-to-be billionaire was like, yeah, I guess this is worth a second of my time. And I understand the weird or messed up feelings like watching someone that's desperate all of a sudden getting help and all that, like, that's content. But on the practical side of my brain's like, well, if it makes it sustainable, net good. Is it the ideal situation? In no fucking way. And often with a lot of these videos and situations, like you look at it and it looks like, oh, you're putting band-aids on a fucking gushing wound. But like I said, when it comes to stuff like this, I'm a net results guy. Are the lives of tens of thousands of people slightly better because of this video? Yes. And outside of that and combating a system where a fucking Mr. Beast has to step in, the rest is noise to me. But hey, that's the story, my personal takeaway. And whether you agree or you disagree with me, I'd love to hear from you in those comments down below. And then a decent chunk of the internet today has been dunking on Jake Paul. And I, I'm being forced to do the unthinkable and back Jake Paul here. Like I genuinely think he's one of the worst people out there, but had I been in the situation he was just in, would have done the same thing. So apparently Jake Paul's leaving a Miami Heat game. All of a sudden he's confronted by a group of men. Turns out it's Floyd Mayweather and his crew. Not the best situation for little Jake Paul who seems to only have one security guard. What happened? You're not tough anymore since your loss? What happened since your loss? Yo, let's bust him up. Where are you running, Jake? Where are you going since your fight? Since you lost, what's up, Jake? Because Jake Paul has said some wild 
personal shit about Floyd Mayweather. There was also that incident back in 2021 where he stole his hat. And so as this group of guys are approaching him and they're taunting him, the cameras are out. What does Jake Paul do? Does he step up? No, he does a 180, high knees out of there. Usain Bolt who? He gets out of there. Jake Paul running, champ. And a lot of the initial reaction was, man, did you see that little bitch Jake Paul run away? Yeah. You know where I didn't see Jake Paul? Unconscious, on the ground, on Worldstar. Jake Paul made a video afterwards where he's like, you know, they rolled 50 guys deep, he tweeted 25 guys deep. I don't care if it was four or five guys deep. If I'm that outnumbered by myself, baby, I'm a runner, I'm a track star. Are you kidding me? Especially with some of the shit Jake said, he gave them a reason. Well, I'm not arguing that Paul doesn't, deserve uh, an ass whooping. One of the few times in his life, he uh, he made the right move in uh, how to handle yourself in a situation. And then the WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment, wants to legalize betting on scripted matches, at least in Michigan and Colorado, with them reportedly in talks with the accounting firm Ernst & Young to make sure that the results of the match are kept under lock and key, with them hoping that'll be enough to convince state regulators to allow betting on their matchups. And the fact that it's Ernst & Young is very significant because they previously worked with award shows like the Emmys and the Academy Awards. Right? Those shows are essentially the WWE's blueprint. It's already legal to bet on them in some states, even if on FanDuel and DraftKings. But also, it's not a straight comparison, right? The Academy Awards voting results are known by a very small group, but they aren't scripted by writers. And then even if regulators do give the okay, are gambling organizations going to place odds on those scripted matches? But right now, th that's really all the movement we've seen. Though if this does manage to work out for them, I mean, this could open the door to a whole new world of gambling, right? Character deaths and the results of season finales for TV shows. Personally, I'll say I think it is a very bad idea, though I think I got a few uncles that'll be like, hey, it ain't uh, more or less scripted than the NFL and the NBA, am I right? Also, no, I don't know what the fuck that attempted accent was. What are your thoughts? I think there's there's at least three degenerate gamblers uh, that are a part of the nation. You for it or against it? Why? And then, I want to thank today's sponsor, Manscaped.com, the global leader in men's grooming tools and hygiene solutions. You know, if you've been here for a while, you know that Manscaped has been a good friend of the show, and I'm happy to let you know they've launched yet another win. You know, your facial hair is key to making a good first impression, and that doesn't just mean your beard and stash. You know, I've been so impressed with the new Weed Whacker 2.0 nose and ear hair trimmer. It's the best way to keep the rest of your face trimmed, because let's face it, no one wants their nose or ear hair sticking out. Not a great look. And the Weed Whacker 2.0 is cordless and rechargeable with a 45 minute runtime. It's also got this awesome skin safe technology to help you stay safe and avoid cutting the most sensitive parts of your face. And if you need to restock on your other grooming supplies, the Weed Whacker 2.0 will be in all Manscaped's tool sets, including the Platinum Package 4.0 and the Performance Package 4.0. So don't be stupid, stupid, and keep your nose and ears clean with the Weed Whacker 2.0. Head to manscaped.com slash fill today and get 20% off plus free international shipping. That's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com slash fill. And then what the actual fuck is happening in East Cleveland? And I ask that because yesterday we saw the FBI and local prosecutor do a press conference where they unveiled indictments against 11 current or former East Cleveland police officers. With charges ranging from assault to dereliction of duty to interfering with civil rights, bringing the total number of cops indicted over the last seven months to 16, with all of it caught on a slew of body cam videos. Also, just so you understand the perspective because you're like, 16 cops, that's not a lot. We're not talking about Los Angeles, we're talking about a city of just 14,000 people. So not only is this a small community, but there's only about two dozen active of duty cops left after these indictments. Right, which is why you have people saying, this isn't a case of like a bad apple or two, this is a bad department. But onto the videos. Uh, we first see one where a cop car hits a guy and then the officers get out, they handcuff him on the ground and then they punch him repeatedly with him suffering a broken pelvis. And as he tries to roll onto his side, they scream at him to stop resisting. Then they tase him three times while he groans in pain. In other videos, you see cops just beating on people who are either handcuffed, surrendering, or otherwise present no real threat. Like one officer who repeatedly stomped on a man who was just lying on the ground. In another incident, a cop approaches a man who's kneeling down just kicks him to the ground with that same officer in another video rushing up to a guy sitting against a wall with his hands up shoving him to the ground and kicking him in the groin next up you got a video showing a police cruiser chasing a man and as they near him you hear get his ass. Get his ass. Get his ass. 
By the time they get out, the person's already laying on the ground, but still three officers run up and beat him before throwing him in the back of the cruiser. With one of them then saying several minutes later, nice little and yet another clip, an officer repeatedly hits a man in the face and you hear him screaming that he needs medical attention afterward. I need to go to the hospital. No one kicks you. I need to go to the hospital. I'm bleeding, my whole hand broken, everything. Get in the car. And then finally, there's one where we catch a cop finding someone's phone in the back of the cruiser, then pressing down on it with two hands and breaking it. And then, key thing here, afterward you hear him and another officer agree to cover it up and then laugh about it. Nothing. I didn't see anything either. How does it still turn on? That's impressive. I'm surprised the battery hasn't exploded yet. And something I want you to keep in mind is that almost everything that you saw happened just in the last year or two, and that is not even all of it. Right? In total, there are 17 victims from these incidents, and a key thing, that's only what was caught by investigators. Right? So now we'll hopefully see these scumbags get convicted, thrown into prison, but no matter what we do, it just seems like this shit just keeps happening over and over and over again. And then, opioids are killing children. With a new study by the journal Pediatrics finding that opioids are the number one cause of fatal poisoning deaths in children under five. Right? So researchers looked at 731 poisoning-related deaths that took place from 2005 to 2018 in 40 states and found that nearly half were caused by the drugs. And the proportion of fatal poisonings caused by opiates has gotten significantly worse over time, jumping from 24% of the deaths in 2005 to 52% in 2018. And those figures track with the increase in opiate overdoses among adults for the same time frame. In fact, according to the CDC, opioid overdoses killed around 5 out of every 100,000 Americans in 2005, compared to around 21 out of every 100,000 in 2020. And overall, overdose deaths quintupled since 1999, with opioids accounting for nearly 75% of those fatal fatalities in 2020. So that helps explain why opiates now account for a higher percentage of poisoning deaths in children. But the study's authors also say that the spike can be attributed to a shift in the kinds of opiates people are using. In the early 2000s, more people abused prescription opioids. But as regulators crack down, they turn to alternatives like fentanyl and heroin, which not only are stronger and more deadly, they also don't come with childproof packaging like prescriptions. And then the number of plastic particles in the world's oceans is now a whopping 171 trillion. With this coming from a new study saying that it's reached unprecedented levels. With the number of plastics back in 2005, totaling just 16 trillion. Right, so we're talking water bottles, food packaging, toothbrushes, toilet seats, laundry baskets, hard hats, pretty much anything you can think of. With lots of it reportedly being mistaken for prey by wildlife like whales, turtles, fish, and seabirds who starve to death as plastic fills their stomachs. But also a huge thing, humans unknowingly consume it too, with microplastics now being found all over our body from the lungs and veins to the placenta in our blood. And in fact, one study estimated that people eat around one credit card worth of plastic every week. And where you can find these plastics, it spans the entire globe. They've been found pretty much everywhere from from the summit of Mount Everest to the depths of the Mariana Trench, which is why this latest study's author warns, without urgent policy intervention to limit plastic reduction, the rate at which plastic waste will enter the ocean between now and 2040 will increase by around 2.6 times. And adding that the solution isn't just to clean up and recycle, but to reduce our use of plastic in the first place. And that's where today's show ends. As always, thank you for watching, like, and being subscribed to my daily dives into the news. Heads up this week, we officially finished 11 days of content in a row. We're gonna take the next two days to see if it makes sense to do this moving forward, uh, but the show will will be back on Sunday. But until then, as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces and I'll see you Sunday.